Gee, you look like you are uh, in a pretty fine hotel room there. What's going on? Where are you? I am in the Windy City, sweet home Chicago for the ABA summer planning session for Tech Show. So if you listen to this show, you better be at Tech Show because there are a lot of really interesting things to learn there and awesome people to meet. You better be there, Conrad. I'll be there. All right. I actually put together an amazing proposal that is stretching the tech of Tech Show. Stretching the tech. Like it, it, so bluntly, one of the proposals I put in was not really tech-related. But it's still nope, a really good gonna topic. Get next. I know. That's what I said. But it's, we'll see. see. We'll see what happens. See, that board. It's a fierce board. But seriously, all of you listening in, you have a direct connection to influence what's going on at Tech Show. And so you cannot complain about the quality of content from Tech Show because you can talk to Guy and Guy will make it happen. Even my slightly less technical Tech Show proposal talk. Assuming that this episode is published prior to July 31st when we stop accepting proposals, which I don't think yeah. it will be. But Fair point. You've been warned. Very okay. been warned. Doesn't mean that you can't influence Guy in terms of what you want to hear. Doesn't mean that you need to even do a proposal. You can influence what Guy selects. He is. I'm the very impressionable. Master. Very yeah. impressionable. Yeah, like Scotch too. I can send you his address if necessary. Ha. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Conrad? Okay, lots of news coming out of the legal world, including a lot of money going down. So we're going to talk about that. Last session, we promised to talk about link building. And this session, we're going to come through with that promise. This is, if you are not interested in SEO, you should just turn off the podcast, fire up Pod Save America, and feel bad about the future of this country by yourself. But if you want to talk about SEO, we're going to go deep on link building. Guy and I are going to go over a suggestion from a really smart guy who suggests link building is no longer worthy. And then we're going to turn around and give you our top 10 link building tips. So stay through to the end because it's going to be really good. For now, I want to listen to some music. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, friends. We've got a lot of news to cover, so let's get into it. First up on the docket, Smith AI, virtual receptionist services, now offering automatic call recording and transcription. One of the things you hear from Guy and I all the time is the importance of validating whether or not your intake staff is doing a good job. And this is one step closer to making that happen. You can also check up on prospective client calls before your initial meeting with this. So it's a really it's a really good little little service. Conrad, do your clients push back at all on transcripts and recording? Uh, I had this conversation the other day and criminal defense, absolutely, right? I think that is a very real thing. But in general... Maybe it's that it would be an outlier. The pushback would be the outlier, put it that way. There's just so much value in it. I do think bluntly there is a concern with losing prospective clients in criminal defense because they don't want that recorded. I think that's a, a very fair concern. But outside of criminal defense, I think anyone who doesn't for us would very much be the outlier. How about yourself? I hear it more than I think you do. And we usually try to navigate all of, you know, because you got to, 
it's case by case and you got to go through like, hey, who's listening? Who's got access to it? What's your retention right. policy? Where are the servers? Yada, yada, yada. But it's an issue to think about for sure. But it's one of those where I'm, I'm, I'm with you. The, the value is tremendous. And if you configure it properly, I think you can navigate and mitigate some of the risks. So tend to be yeah. pro. No, big fan. Big fan of this. Yeah, I mean, you do it for your agency, right? We do, but it's client by client. Okay. Yeah. I experience the value of doing it. It's very hard to talk me out of it. Until you get a grievance filed against you. <laughs> and then you're talked out of it forevermore. All right. Moving on. Clio and CallRail dancing together. They have an integration that has, it's going live or has it gone live? By the time you hear this, it will probably be live. It's live. But I have a bone to pick. And, you know, I love both of these companies. Go so pick. If you're listening to this. Here you go. Watch. Guy, so last week, Guy introduced himself to insulting our audience. And now he's going to insult <laughs> our, friends. our friends and sponsors. Go ahead. Have at it, Guy. Well, I'm not really insulting them. But my understanding <laughs> is that the integration is limited to Clio Manage. But I didn't see anything about Clio Grow. And in fact, one of the people on my team was like, hey, because I was like sharing, I'm like, oh, look, integration, awesome, blah, blah. And then this person on my team was like, yeah, but it doesn't integrate with Grow. And so for intake CRM, you're missing it's the whole not point. Doing that. Well, they're not the whole point because it's still valuable to see and manage, I suppose. But yes, as I would suggest that it would be very valuable to know those first time callers coming in by source to Grow. I would venture to say, but I don't know. Maybe we'll get an update about that at uh, Clio Cloud Conference, which you going to Clio Cloud Conference? I'm going. I might. I might. You should go. Okay. Anyway. So call rail, Clio Grow, get together. We, we can love beg you Jack to put a little more love into Clio Manage, right? Because it seems to be that acquisition that has gotten no attention. Well, I'm wondering if they're just going to add on Grow functionality to manage, but TBD. Well, I don't just know. plug I don't, it on. Well, which there. would be great, right? But like, Plug them together so it works. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Guy. Hey, Conrad. Some of our old friends are talking about how amazing TikTok is. And in doing so, we started to see TikTok where? TikToks and search results, folks. Bing, bing, bing. That is amazing. Yep. And um, I think there's more to come. The, the other big thing, and I will give a little plug to our friends over at Near Media. By the way, if you don't subscribe to the Near Media newsletter... You are missing out, but they covered this. And um, a Google SVP said, Google studies show something like 40% of young people, when they're looking for a place to go to lunch, don't go to Google Maps or search. They're going to TikTok and Instagram. Instagram is building out local, you know, I'm not big on like the Google killers, but this is the first time that like somebody has been more than a, you know, Nat buzzing around the Google giant. And I think that this has got legs. And I think both in, check out Instagram and uh, TikTok entering this space and driving innovation at Google because I think you are going to get more visual results because it's, it's that those visual results. That's what people want online. They want the richer experience, right? And, um, you know, not to get too far ahead, but same thing with the metaverse. Like, it's a different experience. And I know that we're not there yet. And I'm not telling you to drop everything and go metaverse your firm. But users lead. And when users are like, I'm not getting a great experience because there's a bunch of fake reviews from Google that I can't rely on. I actually want to see pictures from of dishes. And you know, maybe it's not, maybe law isn't so image driven, but certainly seeing happy clients, happy clients talking about you, what your office presence looks like, those things matter some folks. So 
I mean, we had the ridiculous example of the guy who was ambushing his ex, his 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 very recently ex clients as they walk out of the courtroom. So don't tell me it doesn't work, right? Okay. And finally, to move on to the other side of the spectrum, internet brands, owner of lots of legal brands, they've raised a bunch of money. So they're now at a 12 billion valuation. Big money here, big money going into internet brands, big money presumably going into some of the internet brands' brands in legal. Let's see if it drives innovation. Wow. See, or just you, more see, sales. Here's the thing. You... <laughs> You say you're always nice to everyone, and uh, then you make those comments. Mm -hmm. What? I asked a question. (laughs) All right. Let's take a break. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app. And we're back. And now it is time for the Legal Trends Report Minute brought to you by our good friends at Clio. Here's a fact I bet you didn't know. The average collection rate for law firms in 2020 was only 89%. That just seems pretty good. Now, you might be wondering, why should I be concerned about this number? Because it means, on average, 11% of billable work goes uncollected, a symptom of having an outdated billing and payment process. Using technology, like online payments, makes it convenient for clients to pay you faster. Studies show 57% of bills paid online are paid within a day of the billing being issued. And 85% are paid within one week. That's pretty impressive. And why not? You did the work, go get paid, get paid fast, turn it around, go invest in your next client. I mean, the basics of this are it has the impact of improving your marketing, right? Right. It's, it's, it's just like the phone call answer rate. I mean, we run into this. I'll, I'll be completely frank. We run into this where clients are like, you're doing a great job. Phone's ringing off the hook, but we got a cash flow problem because we're not getting paid. Yeah. I mean, one of the marketing 101, we've talked about this before, but one of the marketing 101 is make it easy for people to pay you. Get your bills paid online. But 89%, that means you guys are working two days a week for free. Sorry, two days a month for free, right? Like, come on, fix this. This, this is easy fix. This is There are certainly easy fixes to this. I don't think online bill payments are going to fix all of this. True. But... 
chip away at it. And true, you know, I remember Guy when I started the agency. I sat down with Ramsey, Mike Ramsey of Nifty, and I asked him if I could buy him a coffee before one of the uh, conferences. And he said, sure. And we stayed there until lunch. I ended up buying him coffee and then breakfast and then lunch. We just talked. And one of the pieces of advice he gave me was just accept the credit card processing fee because you don't have to worry about the payments. So make it easy, people. To learn more about how technology helps law firms improve their financial performance, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O dot com forward slash trends and if you like the clio legal trends report and who doesn't because it's an amazing resource come to clio cloud conference this fall i will give them a plug because that's when they're gonna they usually do their release of their next version of it and they give a good breakdown anyway which takes us a little bit changing of gears here to meh links so is link building still worth it conrad what do you think about link building so in the last session that we had, I gave an anecdote of someone who asked a question. He was like, hey, link build. I read somewhere that link building doesn't work anymore. Mm. And this guy was fairly well-informed, and we had that conversation. And then Ross Hudgens of Siege Media came out with a presentation. He's done a bunch of interviews on this where he's like, hey, link building doesn't work anymore. And he No, is, no, so, no, no. That's not what he said. He is a link builder. And he, he went through the history of link building and what he has done. And he's basically said, we're not doing it this way anymore. Right. He That's true. So he didn't say that links don't matter, just to clarify. He said that on balance, they did a big study. And we'll uh, put a link to Ross's survey. Also, congratulations to Ross. I think Siege Media just had an anniversary. 10 years, baby. 10 years. Nice job. Great. Fantastic. What he did say, though, is that they studied it and they're like, look, on balance, investing your resources in content, uh, you know, there's this historical idea of like 50% should be on content, 50% should be on distribution. He's saying, forget that, make it 90% on content, 10% on distribution, forget about uh, manual link outreach. So that's, that's a little bit more nuanced to what he said. And that but was so that was his he's still study. building I, links. He's just calling it PR now, right? Like everybody else. I, well, so that's the key here is he did it. He said they they analyzed their efforts of sending out over a million emails promoting individual pieces of content, right? Everything right. from infographics to you know, there, there are a whole bunch of tactics that he talks through that they were promoting via email outreach. And it's just not working anymore. Yeah. And that's so, certainly not the only way to do link building, though. Well, as we I discussed. think that's the important piece for us, for us to get into is, you know, Ross is not in the legal industry. I don't know that he doesn't work. Maybe with lawyers, he is. He might, I don't know that you know he that. Might, he uh, might have a couple, but this is not not, certainly only. not his focus. Right. And legal's different because linking to a law firm website is awful. No one wants to link Ugh. to your car accident page. Ugh. Right? Painful. So, Go sell puppies or flowers or pizza or anything, but I just got hit by a tractor trailer. What should I do, right? And then go do an email outreach campaign for that. Hey, here's a page about getting hit by a tractor trailer. You want to link to it? But the other thing with Roski is his clients aren't localized like legal, right? right? He's dealing with big national brands, and the link building game is in legal is it's it 
can it should it can and should be heavily localized, which gives you opportunity from a link building experience, right? And right. so I suspect that some of the reason that there's murmurings around link building doesn't work anymore is because really smart people like Ross finding their old tactics not working, right? Yeah. And look, it's a grind. I mean, it can be diminishing returns and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not really like, I don't take issue with the point that email outreach campaigns are not the most efficient way to build links. But my thing is, and I, you know, I, if you're an SEO listening to this, I've talked about this before and gotten into internet fights about it. You know, I'm not a search engineer. I don't work on the search quality team. I don't write search algorithms. All I do is I say, okay, here's our client site. And I notice that we don't do much else, but we build links, start showing up in search results. Yeah. I also notice that for most competitive searches, I don't see pages rank on sites that don't have a robust link profile. So we'll talk about more than that than tactics, but I would love to be proven wrong. I would love for Google to switch over like, you know, hey, the, the Google's brain now doesn't need links, but link signals still seem to be big part. You would not love that because you guys are very good at it. And you and I both know that most agencies who do SEO skip this part of the game because it is a grind and because it is hard. Well, I wish they would get better at evaluating link signals. I'll put it that way, because I still see tons of spammy link sure. profiles that rank. It makes Same me with so reviews. crabby. Okay. So let's get into some of the foundations of link building. Guy, what is anchor text? Anchor text is the clickable word in the HTML hypertext tag. So it's what you can read in the link. And why do we care about anchor text? Because Google, in fairness to Google, you know, we're always beating up on Google, but Google has gotten a lot better at understanding links. And one of the things that they do read is the text in the link. And so if your link says, click here, Google doesn't know what that link's about. But if your link says, you know, name of your law firm, or if it says Chicago personal injury lawyer, that helps Google understand what that link is about. Part of the equation, lots of signals, not claiming to be an algorithm expert, but to Conrad's point, it does matter. Okay. Next question. What are paid links and why do we care about that, Key? So Google's official policy is don't pay for links. And in fact, historically, if you paid for links and Google found out about it, they could hit you with a penalty. And they still can. But since some of their search algorithm updates, they've actually reduced the likelihood that you're going to get some kind of algorithmic link penalty, in, in my view. You still can get a manual action. But for me, there's a little bit more. So it's really obvious if you're out there and you're like, you know, Google's got emails from you paying for yeah. links, right? Agreeing to pay for links. That's obvious. You mean in your Google-driven email? Yeah, right. In your Google account, your Gmail. But I think it's a little more nuanced when you're like, oh, you know, I paid a writer to write something and they publish it. Or I paid for a sponsorship. Or, or I paid I for paid, a directory listing? Paid for a directory listing. Those I think are a little bit more, you know, I think Google's official position would be, yeah, those are all paid. End of the day, Google, if you don't like those links, figure out how to stop them from causing sites to rank because I don't care what you say. I see it all the time and those bad boys are ranking. 
Okay, last definitional question for you. Can you talk about internal links and link sculpting and why we care? So internal links, so when we talk about links, the default link is an external link. That means a link from another website linking to your website, linking to one of your web pages, another web page somewhere else on the web linking to one of your pages. When we talk about internal links, what we mean are links on your website linking to other pages. So, you know, if you've got your navigational links, those are all internal links. Maybe you've got footer links, those are all internal links. And then contextual links, right? So you're writing a blog post and you're writing about something that you want to reference something that you wrote about earlier, you link back to it. And the way I think about that is, you know, and really I think about links in general is they're, they're kind of like case citations, if that helps. And so um, an internal link would be like you're citing something else somewhere else in your brief. I guess that's a little bit counterintuitive, but an external link would be like a case citation from another case, just from another website. And so uh, historically, SEOs figured out that if you actually manipulated your internal link structure, you know, maybe you every time you say the word personal injury lawyer, you turn that into a link to your personal injury page, that that would shape the authority, you know, the page rank of those pages. I will say this, I'm not big on page rank sculpting, but internal linking is a regular huge missed opportunity for law firm websites. For whatever reason, whether it's the marketing people or the places that are building these sites, there's not a lot of thought put into the internal link structure and it makes a huge difference. So we're going to come back with top 10 tips for link building, but I'm going to start with a preview to that. If you're doing internal link building, if you have a English major home from college who has nothing to do with his time this summer, the reason agencies don't do this is because it takes time. It's hard. It's a pain in the neck to read website content and find all the pages and then link different words within the pages. It is a slog. It's a great project for that English major who doesn't know what else to do other than serve coffee at Starbucks. So when we return... We're going to get a little bit of feedback and then get into the top 10 tactical link building tips. All right. This piece of feedback coming to us from the outskirts of Austin, Texas. I do enjoy your podcast with Ghee. It's informative. Just keep the espresso beans away from Ghee. That or give him a Xanax after his double shot of espresso. This makes me joyous because I love when you get worked up. You got worked up in the last podcast, and I think that's what this is coming from. Todd, I drink a lot of coffee, I admit it. But I'll tell you what, the disengaged, quiet, boring Ghee wouldn't be worth listening to. I like hopped up <laughs> Ghee. Do us a favor. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is booming right now. Lots of good stuff coming out on the YouTube channel. Watch a few videos. Leave some comments. We'd love to have you join us there. And if you have any questions, hit us on the YouTube channel. Hit us on Twitter. Find us anywhere. Tag us, LHLM, and we'll answer those questions on air. All right. Now, top 10 tactical link building tips, right? We started this off talking about like link building is hard and it's legal and no one cares. Guy mentioned page rank sculpting, et cetera, and domain rank. And so let me talk about what he's referencing with these tools. There are a Say your variety. number. Say your number, this Conrad. This is the number one. I don't know that this is the number one. This is the first No particular tip. order. 
in no particular order of priority, this is the first tip for link building. There are a variety of tools. Ahrefs is one. Majestic is one that do their best to measure the overall authority of a website. And there are a couple nuances to this. Number one, these are not Google tools. And my estimation is that they do a very bad to exceedingly poor job of measuring how Google thinks about authority. Part B is they are incapable of measuring the localness of links. And the localness of links for a local business is of primary importance. And so these are fairly useless tools. Having said that, it's the best that we got. I look at these all the time, but it's, it's like having a constantly broken thermometer, right? It's also about how you use it and interpret the data from the tool, right? Because the tools, the tools themselves are fine. It's just like you don't put all your eggs in like the domain authority basket, right? Because links, and, and, and why is that important, right? Why is that relevant, Guy? We talked about local. What else? Uh, well, that's going to bring me to tip number two. Great. Which is my favorite link building tool, Google Maps. And as Conrad mentioned, so Google Talks, Google Business Profiles, you want to rank in Google three major factors, relevance, distance, and prominence. And right inside there, they talk about the factors that impact your visibility to rank in a local pack. And Google Maps shows you all of the businesses in your local area. And so from a location context, there is no better location relevance tool than Google Maps, in my opinion. I mean, arguably, you can just, because not every business is in Google Maps, so that's an argument against that tool. But go. you're looking for link prospects, pull up Google Maps and go find all of the local business websites in your local and hyper-local market in your neighborhood. Those are the places from a location standpoint that are dial movers from a per local. Local, local, local. So I'm going to stay with the local concept. You're already, many of you are already doing things in your community. And that's not reflected in your backlink profile. I had dinner the other day, AAJ attendee. This man has been talking to us for a long time about doing some work with him. He is in two smaller states in the US, lesser competitive markets, which makes it difficult because as we talk about local proximity becomes important. And as I was talking to him, like one of the things we talked about is he's heavily involved with the rescue dogs, right? So rescuing dogs, right, from, from shelters. This is personal passion. We got deep into this. And towards the end, I said, Mike, how is this reflected in your backlink profile? Right. And the reality, like this is a really, really easy step. The reality is if he's spending all this this money and time supporting these these organizations, it costs nothing but a small amount of time to link back and say a thank you, right? Or for him to put you know, the dog of the week on his website and, and push that out and, and have that as a part of what is driving his business that has nothing to do with personal injury. It's just his, his, you guys are so, you're involved in the community. Some of you are involved in the community and you're not doing anything about it. So number three, make sure that your community involvement is reflected in your backlink profile. Gee, number four, well, before we jump there, not to oh, mention yeah. the awareness, you kind of alluded to this, but I think you got to call that out. Like the awareness you get from your local audience by being visible on those other websites, right? And this is where I go back to Hudgens, right? Like, right. 
I have a very strong belief that the law firms that are winning right now and the law firms that will be the law firms that were winning 10 years from now were the really really smart ones who are getting ahead of the SEO game. There was a, an unfair advantage there. There's a unique opportunity right now to get deeply deeply involved in your community which feeds everything from dark social to your backlink profile to even your advertising effectiveness. And that is a that is something that Morgan and Morgan can really really struggle to come in and replicate in every single market around the country. Well, and Ross probably would say that this doesn't count for the email outreach he's talking about, but we'll count it. And and, and he's right. right. And this is why I think tactically what he's been doing for his clients is not appropriate for the legal industry, right? There are better ways to be more effective in legal. Number four, broken link building. This is a favorite of mine because we have picked up links from like government websites, local government websites, municipalities, local organizations. And what you're doing here is you pull up a website that you want to get a li- from your link prospecting list. We'll just use a local municipality. So you crawl your municipality website with something like Screaming Frog. And Screaming Frog will go out and crawl the website and show you all the places that the government website is linking to that the link is broken. What they're linking to no longer exists. So, you know, web's a dynamic place. Pages go up, pages come down, links change, things break. And so when you find these broken links, you know, say you've got something you can replicate uh, on your site, hit up the local municipality and be like, hey, we noticed that your website's got a broken link on it. Well, good news. We actually have exactly what you used to be linking to on our own website. And um, here, here you go. You just replace it. Oh, thanks. Now, here's the thing. And this is a point that Conrad alluded to earlier. No one wants to link to your law firm website. So uh, usually if we do this, You've got to rethink the theme of the section of your site that you're going to use for resources, especially if you're like a heavy, like, you know, me, 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 we're awesome, $10 million verdicts. Because you think about it, like that local municipality is going to be like, wait a minute, this reads more like a an ad than it reads like a resource. And so you got to strip some of that stuff off. Other alternative is, is that, you know, you can build your moat, right? Create a new website uh, with res- local resource type stuff. And now you've got linkable assets that you can use back to your own site. But ideally, you're getting this back to a sub page on your own main firm site because you want that authority to be concentrated in your in that single site versus spread out. But keep in mind, people aren't going to link to it if it's like big pictures of exploding cars behind you with $10 million verdicts and hammers flying all over the place. Hammers? The Texas hammer. Texas comes up twice today. Well, there's hammers all over the country. I know. Texas. Don't get nailed. Don't get hammers. nailed. That is my Don't here. There's a little nailed. little advertising idea. If you're in a hammer market, that's memorable. Here we are talking about it. So an ad perfect. that goes up that says "Don't get nailed." Anyway, anyway um, what four. I thought you were going to talk about for number four when it said broken links on the on the program, this one's even easier. If your own pages are broken and they have links yeah. pointing to them, totally. just run it. Just run an Ahrefs. This happens all the time. Run an Ahrefs report. You'll find all the pages that you have that have links going to it that are broken. This happens all the time with the ex-lawyer, right? Oh, Murphy's an asshole. He left us. He got fired. We took his profile page down. But Murphy, because he talked all the time or was really engaged in his local community or whatever it might have been, had lots of links pointing to his page. Now you've got a page with broken links on it, right? So the simple, simple, simple thing to do is redirect that page of Murphy's back to the homepage or, or, or somewhere else. But if that 404 is out, like, sad trombone. No links for you. So that's, a, that's like layup. basic stuff. Hit your layups. Hit your free throws. Don't you love when you run an AH refs 
on a prospect and you run into this and you can show them in real time, like, hey, here's your page that's broken. Here are all these links going to your site that are broken. This is like 101 stuff. Okay, number five, directory links. So there, there are lots of directories out there, Key. We were talking about internet brands. That's a big directory. A lot of those directories will sell the value of the directory because of the link that you get. I can tell you at Avo, one of the things that Avo deliberately did from a trying to get engagement from lawyers, which basically meant claim your profile and, and do our work for us by filling it out in detail so we give you a different score. They were using the filling out the profile in order to get that directory link right uh, back to the website. So they work, right? Some of them are expensive. Isn't, isn't this a paid link though, Guy? Should we avoid the paid directory links for the, the link? Well, it may be, maybe it is. You know, and the, those sites are supposed to be you know, no following them. But here's what I'm going to tell you. So first of all, some of like the non-paid directory profiles, there's, it's literally just set up your profile and you have to even pay for it. If you pay for it, you know, if they're selling links and they're publicly selling links, like, yeah, I think there's problems with that. But here's my thing. And this is another thing too. You know, we talked about this in the context of page authority. Ignore follow and no follow. I don't care. If you get a ah, no follow. Yeah. Hold on. So let, so great point. Hey, Gee. What the heck is follow versus no follow? I don't understand. I'm just a simple lawyer listening to these amazing podcasters. So uh, essentially, no follow is a way to tell Google, don't count this link, right? And Google says it's a hint, but people have interpreted that, link building people have interpreted that to say, you know, no follow links are valueless. They don't affect page rank. They don't matter, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's funny, Google big data machine here, you don't think that they're crawling Wikipedia and I mean, you see Wikipedia in search console. So they're, they're wasting a whole lot of crawl resources by crawling Wikipedia and not counting any of those links. If they're trying to understand what the web looks like. Same thing with, you know, on the local level, a lot of like, like local news sites, you know, their SEO person came in and said, Oh, we don't link out anymore. And it's like, so you don't think that any of the links you're getting from local news sites when you're interviewed and stuff, those don't matter because they're no followed. Come on, folks, you're smarter than that. Don't just ignore sites that are no follow. Say and direct a lot of directories, especially if it's a paid listing, because they're supposed to. They will either market no follow or market sponsored. That they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but don't discount the value uh, of that. You know, Google wants to see you showing up and all, especially the majors. Like I don't go crazy with directory listings, but the majors, especially major legal specific directories, got to be there. Table stakes. Everybody's there. So the Guy just brought up a really important point, the relevance of that site that that link is coming from, right? It's relevant to your practice area. It's relevant to the practice of law. It's relevant to your location. Super valuable. And you're right. I think many people like to have these simplistic rules like no follow versus do follow or the domain rank. And many things are viewed in kind of this black and white perspective. I would discourage you. I, Instead of spending so much time and having a black and white perspective on what's valuable or what's not valuable, spend that effort being more involved in your community, right? Totally. So directory links valuable even when you have to pay for them, right? Yep. Okay. That's kind of goes against what we would be led to believe, but I, I think that is very much true. What for you, Guy, is number six? Number six, I wrote interactive hyper-local content. And what I'm thinking about here because uh, we had some experience doing this, is like if you're a personal injury lawyer, you know, most dangerous potholes with like maps and you can like you see the street view. 
people pick that up. Like the news has covered those interactive pothole maps, bike crash maps, really any kind of like data visualization. You can pull data from like um, your state police on crash statistics and put that up there. Because remember, you know, you got to think about it in terms of like who's linking and, and some of the places you want to link are local news websites, local bloggers. And so when they're doing their research, you know, they're, guess where they're going? They're going to Google and they're ser- searching for things like crash map. Where do most crashes happen? Where are the most potholes in our area? And if you got an interesting thing, because I mean, a lot of, you know, in many respects, link building is from a content standpoint, it's, uh, it's just marketing and PR. And so instead of just having like this, you know, blog post or like static content, putting something interesting on your site that's interactive or it's got, it's a visualization, you know, that's the content marketing we've seen on the local level that really can work very well. Number seven for me is cause marketing. Get involved in something that you care about. We talked about this last time. There's so many things you can get involved in at the local level. We talked about puppies too much. It could be the PTSA. Like that's a, I think, fairly innocuous group. Um, huh. Maybe you, in your community. Oh man, I, I I did stay away from the PTSA. I they, yeah. That, but you can get really involved. Get involved in politics. Politics works for link building, right? Run a campaign, lose, redirect your campaign website back to your bio page get really involved in something, whether it's uh, your kid's sports or uh, Challenge Athletes Foundation, whatever it is, like get involved in a cause because that makes the legal that you do much warmer to link to. And there are people who care about it, right? Totally. Number eight, competitive link analysis. So this is kind of one of those table stakes ones. Essentially what you're doing is, first, you got to identify competitive websites that are ranking for the queries that you want to rank for, go throw them into all of the backlink tools. Because remember, uh, none of the backlink tools, none of the backlink, uh, third-party backlink indices show up full picture. So you got to run them all. Pull all of those links, all the different domains, see how they're getting, your competitors are getting links. Don't copy their link profiles verbatim. They probably have a bunch of spammy links in there that aren't worth your time. In fact, could get you in trouble. But where you see creative things that your competition is doing, especially with respect to local and sponsorships, remember those sites, like if we believe that links are a big factor, then the links that are driving those sites to rank are good link targets for you to go after. And so um, we still do a lot of competitive link building. I will say this though, it's kind of table stakes because you really need to find the links your competitors don't have. But if you're getting, if you're just getting started, They'll show you the directories they're listing on. They'll show you some of the news coverage they've got. Those are great ways to start understanding what the uh, local link landscape looks like and um, you know, prioritize those sites that meet these criteria we're talking about from uh, both topical and location relevance and go hunt those down and start building links on those sites your competitors have. Number nine for me is influencer link building. Build relationships with people who are major influencers in your community. There are lots of lawyers who are doing a really, really great job at this and having their content. And again, this moves way outside of the legal content, right? But it's very simplistic. You're going to profile a new small local business every single week on your website because you want to support the small businesses of Sheboygan, right? 
And that is a great way to not only engage in the community, but actually drive links because everyone likes to learn about themselves, right? And so, uh, or, or see themselves written about or talked about or video interviewed, right? And so that is a great way to drive links back to your site that has, again, I'm moving outside of, I am an immigration lawyer or I'm a car accident lawyer. I am a lawyer in Sheboygan and I am supporting the small business community and here are some amazing people in that community that will drive links. Number 10, wrap it up. Number 10, and it's kind of piling on because we've talked about it a lot, but I've got one additional specific tip. Focus on relevance. Forget about all the metrics we talked about in terms of scoring. Forget about follow versus no follow and all that jazz. Focus on topical relevance. So, you know, you've got sites that are, you know, if you're a personal injury lawyer, focus on sites that uh, talk about injury issues, ideally in your location. Let me give you an example. Let me give you a different way to think about it. One might argue that the most relevant sites from Google's perspective are the sites that rank for the keyword in Google because Google is the arbiter of relevance in that context. Now, when you search for personal injury lawyer in your city, guess what? You're going to see a bunch of competing law firm websites. They're unlikely to link to you because most of them probably understand what's going on here. But you might find some sites that rank that aren't competitors. And so those sites that rank for your target query you know, this happens with the Barnacle SEO stuff all the time. If Google's ranking a page from Quora, find a way to get a link from a similarly situated Quora page. If Google's ranking a local business, prioritize that on your list. And so, you know, really figure out like what is it that Google's trying to rank for particular queries, learn about the advanced search operators. But the relevance is the focus. Location relevance, topical relevance. You know, I, we tell personal injury lawyers if you can find ways to get links from local uh, rehabilitation places. If you're a criminal defense lawyer, find uh, local criminal justice sites, whether it's Innocence Project or bloggers that are writing about these issues. Those are topically relevant sites, super, super valuable from a local context if they're in your area. And on top of all of that, as we alluded to before, you'll get awareness from your local potential client base. And you might even drive, it might drive leads in business, right? I mean, I've seen it happen where it's like, hey, I saw, I was on this site and I happened to notice that you guys are supporters of this organization because of your sponsorship or someone, you know, we see, check your referral traffic, right? Your referral traffic will convert if you're getting links from super relevant sites. It's the best tip I can give you. That's link building in a nutshell. Go forth, build links. Links matter. They work. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to this episode of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you have questions or topic suggestions or would like to make fun of me for drinking too much coffee, please do reach out. Hashtag LHLM. Twitter, YouTube. We're really, obviously, if you haven't noticed, we're trying to hit the YouTube thing. So if you're a regular listener, head over to YouTube. I know you're out there. And if you just happen to land on this episode, please do subscribe to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Until next time, Key and Conrad out. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.